0: the button has been pushed commencing podcast now
1: hi barbie hi ken hi barbie hi barbie hi barbie hi
0: barbie hi barbie hi barbie hi barbie hi barbie Uh. hi ken hi ken Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else that crosses our minds as we sit here in front of the microphones on a nice sunny day. I'm JD Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro
1: Rafael Rosado
0: this week's show, we're going to talk some headphones. Uh, we have some thoughts about returning to the movies after a few years. Uh, we have some thoughts about the weather and, you know, whatever else may may come along the conversational path. Uh, a certain social media service that has changed its name in recent days is also probably on people's minds. And it ain't meta. I, I was thinking that you, you might have a rant because do. we haven't talked in a couple of weeks and I'm sure a rant has been building. So please go forth.
1: I've been diving into manga and anime, which I was never really a big consumer of. I was more of a Marvel DC kind of person and mm-hmm. be a Saturday morning cartoon type person. But I did experience anime back in the day. I don't want to date myself. Kimba the White Lion, Gigantor, the 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 one about the the sailboat in outer space or the, I forgot what the heck the name of it was. Speed Racer, which up until this point, I thought was the greatest anime ever made. But this is what my rant's going to be. Because I'm absorbing myself. I'm like, like reveling, rolling around in all things Japanese popular art. I've decided that Speed Racer is no longer the greatest anime ever done.
0: What has dethroned
1: it? My Hero Academia. And it's also, in my very short amount of time with manga experience. I'm sure this will change. I think My Hero is also the greatest manga of all time. Because, oh, okay, I know really? this. I'm, I'm really this getting is a people a big pronouncement. Angry. Let me tell you, there's people that are really mad right now. Listening to this, they're angry. They're upset. They're going to have words with you, sir. <laughs> they are going to have words with me. Bottom line is, it's a comic book, Right. When you read a manga, it's a comic book.
0: Yeah, you but just read it from the other end and the other direction. Exactly.
1: But. From the other end and the other direction. But we love us some manga
0: and we love us some anime. Must be blunt. Yeah. Well, and, and it's even influenced mainstream comic styles over the past you know, 10 or 20 years. And I think also a lot of art is just, uh, it's really discovered this as a style.
1: Yeah. And the art style is you know, vibrant. It's alive. Sometimes it's overwhelming, when you're looking at it on the page. And I personally think that's cool. But getting back to My Hero Academia, they have tiers of manga. I can't even begin to explain the different types. There's different genre types and all that stuff. This is for teens, older teens, because it's a superhero thing. You know, One Punch Man falls into this category as well. The art is fantastic, but the story... Starts off with the characters being 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds who are starting as freshmen in high school, going through all that stuff. Ooh, a pivotal path in life. Right. It brings you back. But as, over the years, as the story goes on and as the characters get older and mature, the storyline matures. Whereas right now, it is a bloodbath. It is a, like a heartbreaker It'll rip your heart out. No spoilers here. Even if you're watching, the the anime is actually caught up. In a way, it's caught up to the manga. There's still the weekly serialization that's coming out on Shonen Jump, which is the original publisher and it's Viz here in the United States. But it's just incredible. I was sitting here watching an episode not an hour ago, and I'm literally crying. I'm tearing up and crying over a cartoon.
0: Oh man, it hit you right in the Fifi's there, didn't it?
1: right in the Fifi's. It was, I'm, I'm like, wow, okay, you know what? My son might argue with me and say Naruto, Boruto, whatever. Old school folks, they might talk to me about Cowboy Bebop, but that wasn't actually a manga, I think. I think that was just an anime. But this thing is out of control. I know I'm late to the party here because everyone knows about My Hero Academia, but if you really want to blow your mind, do the whole thing. Read the manga and then watch the anime. It's incredible. That's my rant. Sorry, folks.
0: Oh, well, that, that wasn't as much of a rant as a much of an appraisal of oh a, my God,
1: a yeah. new art form that you have enjoyed. Listen, for me to say it's better than Speed Racer, my old school friends, my family members will be shocked. Racer X specifically— was the greatest character I had ever seen on television. Or I didn't even know. I don't even know if they have a manga. If they have a manga, then I'm going to go read it. But greatest character next to Batman. Yes. In popular culture. Racer X. Okay? That's
0: all I'm saying. All right. You've been, you have been converted. I had issues with the monkey, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, everyone I mean, has it, issues
1: with the monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And, and that could be a whole podcast uh, topic, of course, too. Of course. But you went to the movies. Yeah, you I went to went the movies to the for movies. the first time since 2019. Have you been back to a theater since I the before actually, times? I have.
1: I have. I, I took the kids to see, was it The Minions? I took them to see something, some kid-related movie, but I don't remember what it was. And that's about it.
0: Yeah, I, I had not been back. Partly... As we've talked about, movies in New York are always the 10th circle because of other New Yorkers. Oh, yeah. And the price, it's like 45 bucks for two people to see a movie these days. I know there was all of the hype about the Barbenheimer, which <laughs> me, I always thought, about oh, that is some movie theater marketing exec who just started this and is trying to astroturf some box office. But it worked. It, it was the biggest box office, I think, of the year. And the Barbie movie did better than Oppenheimer. Probably a wider audience for it. And uh, just the... The amount of marketing that they did around the Barbie movie specifically oh, yeah. with commercial tie-ins and everything. But I, I went. Part of it's fear of missing out. Part of it, I, I do like Greta Gerwig. I had enjoyed her Lady Bird. But man, going back to a theater, eh? It's super expensive. And this is even if you don't go to one of the fancy ones like Alamo Drafthouse where you get a full meal and and it's... Like an entire event that you're you're sitting in the sort of uh, very uh, small small theater's uh, capacity, mm-hmm. and it's more of like a screening room with beverages. Just went to a regular old Regal movie theater, but I'd forgotten like the whole experience and the smell of the fifteen dollar popcorn and <laughs> $15, and bro. and she ain't lying, folks. Yeah, yeah, and and just the the hordes of of young women, specifically the show in, that I went to, who were coming in with these towering plastic trays of nachos dripping that fake orange cheese. And they were just so excited to be there. And and so everyone watched Barbie and people behaved like there wasn't, at least at this showing, not a lot of phone scrolling, yapping, all of that. People were really into the movie. So I was like, oh, okay, I can I ease back into this. I've not done Oppenheimer, though. Hey, it's three hours. That's an investment. Which in, in the times, the, the pandemic times when we did not leave the house, I have gotten awfully used to being able to pause a film and go get a beverage, do a bio break, mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. Not as easy to do in the theater. And just also the sitting still for that long. And quite frankly, it's a movie about the invention of the nuclear bomb. So I don't know if I want to see that in front of people. It might be a little intense. I hear it's a very, very good film. A lot of people say it's even better, because uh, Christopher Nolan film better than Dunkirk. But uh, I, I'm still on the fence about going to see it in the theater. Maybe, maybe not. But, but Barbie, for what it was, and I was not a a Barbie Barbie was not really part of my personal childhood. My sister had them. She used them as weapons when she was mad at me and my brother. And so you would get hit over the head with a Barbie. As we have talked on earlier editions of the show, I was more $6 million man. And I know we have raved on our uh, love of the uh, Miko Star Trek dolls. Oh, yeah. Dolls. Yes. So so I was more into that if I bothered with the action figures. And I was also a big book nerd. So I, I missed a lot of, I think, the deep level People who grew up playing with Barbie, like, they got all the accessory jokes and some of the inside stuff. Um, Ryan Gosling is great as Ken, though. And the production design is just amazing. You do not, I think, see as much pink uh, in any film set ever. <laughs> and Will Ferrell's in, like, maximum dirt mode. So yeah, there you it's, go. It, it was a, a pleasant afternoon out. Fun was had by all. Yes, fun was had by all. And I realized another thing, too. A, leaving the house, not, not so unusual anymore. Yes. But going out and looking at a screen that wasn't a computer was exciting because right. it also, it gets you out of like the dead bird death spiral that we're seeing from a certain social media <laughs> service. Yeah, just right. not looking at at metabook all the time. It was nice just to, to look at a, a large screen and be in a dark room and having a communal experience with other people. But but speaking of, of the dead bird. Wait, uh, wait, 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 it, before we jump. There's a
1: critical question here oh, okay. And you know all of our listeners want to know. Did you wear pink? I didn't because I don't actually have anything there you Go pink? See? See, if I, I – I was joking with my daughter. I mean, pink daughter. is your
0: family name here. so That's I was exactly arguing. what I was
1: going to say. I was joking with my daughter who was scrambling to find something pink because she didn't fall far from the goth tree here. Everything is black, basically. But she watched it in France – And I said, listen, honey, don't worry about it. First, you're probably not going to understand half of it. And secondly, you're already, your last name's already Pink. You're set. You're in a Barbie world. She should get a free pass to the movie. We all should. I should get, anyone named Pink should get a free pass to the Barbie. By the way, one other thing about Barbie Every time I hear mention about the Barbie movie, it always brings me back. My cousin, who used to live with us when I was a kid, she was uh, just a little older than us. She lived with us for a while. She would force, with her Barbie dolls, she would force Barbie, because she was a very take-charge kind of person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like a big sister, basically. Barbie didn't date Ken. She dated Big Jim. Big Jim was the Mattel action hero of the time who actually had a rescue truck, a red rescue fire truck that was the same design as the pink Barbie camper. I just want you to know that, folks.
0: Oh, no. So okay. this was in the, the era of the 70s when public service figures like firemen, cops, uh, military guys all got action figures be- yes, before we got into Skeletor and T-Man and, and all of that. But no Ken.
1: It was always Big Jim. Big Jim always dated Barbie, at least in my house. Barbie liked the
0: the brawny guy. She did.
1: She did. Now, you said it before. Speaking of.
0: Speaking of the the dead <laughs> bird, it has just changed its name.
1: It's pining for the fjords right now. Yes. Pining for the fjords.
0: Yes. This is an X. You left the service, so you, you have uh, nothing to worry about here. I have nothing I, to worry about, thankfully. I have an account. I look at it occasionally. Knew they were going to change the name from Twitter to X, whatever. But. When I opened the phone the next day after they had updated the app, and you get used to seeing that blue bird. It's been there, what, since 2006, 2007? Yep. There's this black icon with a white X on it. And everyone's, oh, it looks like a porn app or a dating app. It really does. There was some fuss because apparently Apple does not like apps to have less than two letters in their name for whatever apps for reasons that might be. That didn't seem to stop the update here. Uh, so the service is called X and, and the, the owner of said property said he wants it to, to be the everything app for all your e-commerce and communications and gaming needs. I don't know how, how those plans are going. Uh, they did uh, divide the duties where he's doing the engineering stuff and then Linda Accarino, who was hired to be the CEO, is, is doing the sales and marketing and they're both going to be in charge of trust and safety and speaking of that they have now threatened to sue the center for countering digital hate which is a a non watchdog group but they are threatening to sue saying that the the group has made troubling and baseless claims that would hurt twitter slash x dead bird with its ad business um, hold on a and second
1: what are these troubling claims
0: that, that there's digital hate on the, the platform what? and, and what? Uh, perhaps some... What? I'm
1: gobsmacked!
0: Yeah, I know it's it's really hard to believe, but the Center for Countering Digital Hate has said, "No, we are an independent research group, and you're trying to squash our our independent research here and sure. our our free speech." So, I don't think an actual lawsuit has been filed. It was just the threatening letter that has gone out, in which the the digital hate countering group uh, sent their own letter back. So, I don't know how how much they will escalate this if this is just saber rattling, if you will. But it's probably not going to make advertisers feel. No, super great i can't imagine it would and uh, even with the the name change from twitter to x i saw a number of folks that i've known on the service for a while have decided that, that that was the the time to hang it up and and so they deactivated accounts and moved on to blue sky or mastodon or wherever one goes after this experience don't know uh how how it'll play out and i don't know if anyone has started the the corporate Death Watch bingo, where, oh, it's going to be out of business by October or whatever. Surely somebody has. I do not know of an official pool for those who like to to bet on such things.
1: Hold on a second. I just want to wrap my brain around this because it's a little overwhelming when you absorb it all in one shot. Just to break it down here into bite-sized chunks, Mm -hmm. Twitter started in 2006, 2007, was that ad at South by Southwest, they did the an unveil, and it
0: became this yeah, thing. Yeah, and everyone signed up, and it was a thing. Right. And it was, it was basically, I think, still SMS message at that time. Now, it grew into,
1: arguably, the most influential social media platform in the world.
0: Yeah, where- a, a bird-themed microblogging service that was a broadcast platform for anyone who wanted to sign up for an account. Correct.
1: It was a de facto news service for 99% of the users on there. Mm -hmm. It became a source for journalists and for freedom fighters and politicians and all sorts of people to be able to get their message out there unfiltered and uncensored. Mm -hmm. It
0: was a portable pixelated uh, soapbox for people. Exactly
1: right. Massively influential, so much so that we're here In the year of our goddesses, 2023, talking about how awful it is that it's on its way out. But the new owner thinks the best idea is to convert this into a site that looks like something a 13-year-old would have come up with. And it's all dark mode now, too. Yeah, forced dark mode. I heard about that. Is that true?
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's dark. Oh, jeez.
1: Anyway... And then try to make it a mishmash of gaming and commerce and the everything app. Hmm. There's another site out there, another huge platform that's sort of like a mega everything type store. I don't. It's on the tip of my tongue. Mm,
0: The Uber Mega Everything Store.
1: Yeah, I don't think X is going to really become what Mr. Musk envisions. It's just me. But I don't see myself rushing back to the platform ever again.
0: It could be the Everything app. How many people will still be on it? The Everything app for 20,000 people. But the guy, what he did with SpaceX and getting the, the space program back, I, I'm still indebted to that. They've had some ups and downs there, but maybe social media wasn't really quite his forte.
1: Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll rise from the ashes like a, like a
0: phoenix. Yes, a phoenix.
1: But there's no compelling reason to go back now. And let me tell you, you and I both know there is hate. That's the only re- one of the main reasons why I left. Yeah, Hate, pure, unfiltered hate, racially motivated hatred, all kinds of hatred, political hate, hate speech, the whole nine yards directed at people right in their faces. So you know what? Say what you will, Muskie. But
0: yeah, it's dark mode in, in many ways. Yes, and, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I know Threads had the big rush over, and then some people are like, like, oh, this is boring, and Meta's trying to make it more engaging. But there's so much fragmentation of, of the other places people are going, I don't know if there's ever going to be... Because that was the thing about the, the bird-themed microblogging circus. It was sort of a centralized platform. Correct, yeah. And everyone was on there now with different groups splintering off to, to other servers or, or different sites, Will there ever be the the mass megaphone?
1: I don't see that happening again anytime soon, if at all. I don't see it happening. There's, we already got a bunch of silos. People have picked their poison, and threads. You, I don't it being back in the metaverse or in the meta world, whatever. no, man, no, are you no,
0: celebrating no. your five years sober from Facebook or something? That is now, true. Right?
1: That yeah. is very very true.
0: Anyway, yeah, well, yeah. So I, I know we've talked about the the service for the past two or three shows, but it, it continues to be a story just because I think this is also the first time we've seen a really powerful, dominant social media service go through this. I know, oh, everyone was sad when MySpace went away. I don't think it was quite the same no. level. Same with Friendster and, and LiveJournal and some of these things. It may still be around, but just not the dominant beast that they used to be. So, None of these other
1: services had the impact that Twitter had. None of them. None of them at all. But, hey, thank you, Musk.
0: This is a slow time of year just for, for tech news in general, unless you're covering uh, the ups and downs of, of the tech corporate world. Apple has confirmed that there's a screen time bug that lets kids over go over their time limits. I don't know if that's Oopsie. actually stopped the press kind kind of news there. but And I think a lot of kids have probably figured out how to get around screen <laughs> time anyway. But Apple has confirmed yeah. that, yes, there is a thing. It does – let kids slide by their preset limits. But they, Apple also didn't give a timeline for a fix. I assume it'll be in one of the many iOS updates or maybe even in the next version of the system when they roll all of these updates and fixes into one big giant software thing that you spend the next month putting your system back together from. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's that. And then the, the world other- is burning. Yeah, the world is There's burning. And Europe, especially last week, Greece and certain parts of Southern Europe just on fire. Very frightening and hotter temperatures, I think. And they said this has been the hottest July ever, July slash going into August. Here in Texas, we were talking earlier about people baking bread in their mailboxes. But Texas, Arizona, parts of the Southwest, even parts of the Southeast ha- have been getting roasted. And it this was is pretty a- hot
1: in New York, I got to tell
0: you. Today, yeah, we, we thankfully, uh, is not so bad. but Yeah, we we had we didn't officially get a heat weave, which I guess has to be three days over 90. There was one day where it just wimped out at, at 89 or something. But we did have two days of nine. It was up. The heat index was up there, I think, around 105. Not as bad, clearly, as, it, as in other parts of the country. But th- there's certain days in New York if you have to be out and you step off the curb and you just feel your feet sinking into the asphalt because it's so hot and melty. You know, It's like, Ugh, this, this is summer in New York.
1: And come on, let's be honest. The smell of New York in August. Yes. Let's be blunt. Listen, folks, if you're going to be tourists and come to New York... I would suggest August is not the best time if you've got olfactory sensitivities. That's yeah, what that, I have to That say.
0: smell is a biological weapon. Yes, uh, indeed, one could say. But but with all this extreme weather, though, this is a, a good time to remind uh, our listeners who may have relatives or friends who are not quite as technically adept as themselves, just to make sure that they have their uh, phones set up for extreme weather alerts, specifically flash floods, tornadoes, those kinds of things that you uh, don't see coming. With with hurricanes, those take a while to get get to the shore, it seems, forming in the ocean, and, and they don't really sneak up on you. But, but things like earthquakes and flash floods can be a little more abrupt. The Apple Weather app, which I know when Apple bought Dark Sky, everyone was like, oh, they've ruined it. They've actually integrated enough of Dark Sky's features into the current version of the Apple Weather app that I think it's actually pretty useful now. It
1: is very. I'm actually digging it.
0: Yeah, Google has always been very good with updates because they will update Google Maps and some of their stuff in real time. So you can see maps of fires in the area if you're in a wildfire-prone area or the air quality. Everyone is so hepped up on air quality now after the uh, summer of Canadian smoke that we had here in the States. And... You wonder, did you realize how bad the air quality in New York was before this? If you ever looked at the air quality index, but people are looking at it now because it is an issue for people, especially with sensitivity and lung issues. If the air quality gets over 150, that that's included in both the Apple weather app and Google has a layer you can use on Google Maps to get the air quality in certain areas. And then the airnow.gov site, which a lot of people go to just to see what the current air quality situation might be. But if you uh, don't have a weather app or you don't want to pay, there's a lot of really good weather apps there that let you customize your alerts and get a lot of information. They charge subscriptions. Maybe you don't want that. Maybe it's too much of a battery burn on your phone. Uh, because a lot of these places get their information from the National Weather Service, you can also just uh, make little mobile browser bookmarks uh, to the National Hurricane Center site or the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration site and just mm-hmm. get your – yeah, it's a manual check, but you can uh, get your information there. And then if you want a free app that has a lot of stuff in it, uh, the American Red Cross uh, does this emergency app now. And they used to do a bunch of different apps. They had one for hurricanes and other natural disasters. They've rolled all of their little single disaster apps into this one mega app called Emergency And in there, you can tick the boxes for the types of natural disasters that are common in your area. Obviously, tsunamis aren't really a big problem like in Iowa, but maybe you got to worry about tornadoes there, so... It lets you customize things to your area. You can set up certain locations to watch. If your in-laws are in a hurricane-prone area, set up an alert for them, set up one for you. Uh, And then they've got first aid information you can download and checklists of how to prepare for certain natural disasters. So just something to keep in mind at this time of year. I'll post a link to an article I did recently about things you can do to prepare for evil, rotten summer weather coming at you.
1: (laughs) Rotten, nasty summer weather.
0: Yeah, people are saying, this could be the coolest summer we're ever going to have from here on out. I'm like, shut up. We need to, like, fix the climate. Really? They're saying that? That it's going to be the coolest? It was it was one hypothetical. What if this is the coolest summer we'll have from here on out? And I think a oh, lot of it, geez. it was a, a scare headline about oh, of course, yeah. uh, climate change. And pure, pure clickbait. But I clicked. I was like, oh. Yeah, there you go. It worked. Yeah. It, worked.
1: it worked. You know what? If you're out and about in the heat, the best thing is to listen to music. Or if you're inside, in air-conditioned comfort, destroying the ozone, then you should have a good pair of headphones. Do you have some suggestions? I have some suggestions. Headphones have become a critical part, especially nowadays, for producing music, for producing any kind of audio. Podcasts, radio shows, from both ends. When you're recording and when you're actually editing and mixing it on the other end. Now, I'm constantly getting questions about producing podcasts, producing sound, producing audio. And the question I get most often is how can I do audio work at home? And I've been doing a series of these, you know, like
0: you did microphones recently. Right,
1: I did microphones and you know, I'll do some some USB microphones down the road, maybe a little smackdown between new USB microphones cuz we did them a couple of years ago, and I'm sure they're new contenders to to play around with, but headphones have become the critical part of the equation when you're making audio at home, especially during the pandemic. It was critical because if you're recording, I mean, right now, both you and I are wearing headphones and we're wearing closed back headphones, and there, there are two flavors of headphones When you're talking about over-the-ear headphones, I'm not going to get into the the on-the-ear and all that stuff, but when you're talking about professional headphones or audiophile grade or headphones that you're going to listen on your hi-fi at home... It's your quadraphonic sound. A quadraphonic sound, right? You got closed-back and you've got open-back. Closed-back headphones are pretty much exactly what they sound like. They're sealed to block out Sound from escaping mostly, not from letting it in, but from escaping. But the problem is with closed back headphones, unless they're tuned correctly, they need to be attenuated and frequencies need to be tweaked to remove some of that resonance of the vibrating speaker that's in the cup against the actual back of the headphones, because that will generate sounds. There's a science to how to make, eliminate those frequencies, phase cancellation, and all that stuff. Big time science behind it. If you're using them to mix or produce music, there's a limitation for using closed back headphones because it's coloring the sound. And when you're mixing music or mastering music or mixing a podcast or editing dialogue for a film, you want to be able to hear in the best quality and you want it neutral and natural sounding. That's where open back headphones come in. And open back, again, similar to closed back, same essential design, but the housing has gaps that allows air to pass through, which also means that sound will escape you know, if you've got a pair of open back headphones using them in the office is probably not a good idea because you will bother the heck out of everyone around you cuz literally it's transparent. You you you're going to hear everything that's going on. I I uh, I've been working for years on open back headphones and my wife still comes in and says, "My god, that's so loud." And I have to explain to her they're open back, honey. So, you know, she's intimately familiar with the difference between open back and closed back. The big advantage about closed-back headphones is that they are over the ear and there's no sound escaping. So you get a nice little passive isolation, passive noise reduction, which is better in some because you want the clamping force of the headphone to be nice and snug against your head so you don't hear anything from the outside. But with open-back headphones, you will hear pretty much everything because it's going to bleed right through. They've got something called semi-open, which... Is not as closed, not as open. It's got a bit of a closed off bit, but again, you're still getting sound coming in. And the idea is that because that air is circulating, you get a better sound stage, you get a bigger sound stage, and you get a natural reproduction of the audio. So that's a long winded way to say that I have desperately been on the hunt for the perfect open back headphones that I can use in my mostly untreated workspaces here at Casa Kaiser. So, so have you I've, found them? I, I'm still on the hunt. They're still, because you find something good and then you hear from somebody, oh, you should be using X. You should be using Y. You should be using Z. You know, it's a never-ending cycle, really. I, I, I started mixing with closed-back headphones from Focal. And actually, I started mixing with Sony MDX Headphones 7506s way back when. I used those for a long time. I used some Audio-Technica headphones. I've used Sennheiser 280s. When I graduated to open back, they were the Sennheiser HD 600 and 650s, which are considered introductory audiophile headphones. And the idea here is that because they're audio, quote-unquote, audiophile, I don't like that word, mm-hmm. I'm not an audiophile, sound is subjective, but supposedly, they are more flat sounding in terms of the low end is not tweaked, the high end is not tweaked. It's a more of a neutral, natural sound. And to an extent, yeah, but in my personal opinion, they tend to be a little muffled. The ear cups are a little different. They're great sounding. I use them on music a lot, but when I mix, I find that I have to, I don't necessarily trust that What I'm getting is going to sound good on speakers. And I don't care how long we do this. Speakers are still the ultimate reference point, regardless of how we actually consume our music. And I don't think that's going to change. But anyway, I'm an old fogey making music and making sound. So who knows? Anyway, what I've stumbled on in my endless search is from a company called Austrian Audio. The headphones are the HIX 65s What's cool about these headphones is that they're made by a company Austrian Audio that was created by former AKG engineers about 22 of them who split off from the company because AKG itself moved from Austria and became part of Samsung Super Electronic conglomerate. So, these guys were like, "Now nah, we ain't moving a South mm-hmm. Korea. We're, we're going to stay, stay in here. Austria here. Yeah, we're going to stay in Austria and we're going to create our the own. The pastries are probably better. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt it. And anyway, they created their own company, Austrian Audio. They make high-end microphones and they make high-end headphones. The HI-X65s, they are really well made. They're about 430 bucks. The design is comfortable. You can use them for a long while and they are very neutral sounding. And by that, I mean, they're the bass isn't boomy, and the high end isn't brittle. You get a very realistic portrayal of what you have on tape. And now the problem there is, and this is the case with a lot of quote unquote audiophile headphones like the HT 600 and the 650 from Sennheiser, is that when you are listening with higher end headphones, it exposes the limitations of what's been recorded. So don't be surprised if you are listening to Some music on these headphones and the music itself sounds like garbage. That's not the headphones, folks. That's actually the music. So just be prepared for that. I compared the the Austrian X65s, the HI-X65s, like like I said, to the Sennheiser HD650, which goes for about $499 list, and the HD600, which goes for about $450, list and also one of my personal favorites to listen to music on my stereo on my hi-fi is the grado sr 125 now this is an old 125 that is tweaked for music you got to find the right pads and there's all sorts of mods and stuff there are different flavors of the 125 now if you're familiar with grado they are ugly as hell but they sound good again your mileage might vary Those run about $150 now. They've got a series of headphones, but those are really consumer-based, not for the studio. And these Austrian HI-X65s held up really well. I like the sound. If you EQ them for consumer listening, they sound real good. You can power them on your computer. You can power them on your stereo. You need a little juice if you're going to use them on your iPhone. So you got to have a DAC, an external digital audio converter.
0: material-wise, they are they don't feel cheap. Do they feel solid no, and durable? Very solid,
1: no. hard plastic, not cheapy-looking plastic and metal frame. Which, in fact, if you check out the HD600s and compare them to these Austrian audios or the HD650s from Sennheiser, you're going to be like, wow, this is, these feel cheap, The the Sennheisers. They sound great, but they do feel cheap when you compare them to the Austrian audio. But the search is still on. Mm-hmm. I've heard now that maybe I should listen to Biodynamic 1990s, which, if I do pull the plug on them, let me tell you folks, I'm buying these things. They're not sending them to me for free. Mm-hmm. And there's so, not really
0: listening rooms anymore where you can. Yeah, go and you can't. Night. That's the thing. I used to go down to JNR
1: Music World oh, on Park Row. Yeah. Yes. And no, you can't do that anymore. There's no JNR Music World anymore. There's no Sam Goodies. There's no Crazy Eddie's. It's all gone. Although I must say, Best Buy is trying with their little Magnolia section of the Best mm-hmm. Buy's. They have this little audiophile high-end audio thing and they will have occasionally some headphones that you can try
0: up so you know have you gone in there and, and tried it and yeah but there's only two head- the days yeah no but
1: it's only like two headphones and i own both of them already
0: you know <laughs> all right so, so you're, you're looking for like the the bar of just like 10 headphones yes. in a row where you just go and you try where, them on yeah
1: where i just walk in and my heart just stops because it's just a wall of headphones that's my dream wow maybe
0: it'll come back one day all right, so these are open-backed headphones for audio mixing. Now, if someone, asking for a friend, works in an open office plan where everyone just yells all day and is going back to the office or somewhere mm-hmm. regularly, we're, we're talking closed headphones for, closed. for this one. Yeah,
1: absolutely closed. And it depends on how much they want to spend. We'll talk, we'll talk offline.
0: Anyway, well, thank you for the headphone Any information. Time. and And we will have some links on the show page for people who want to see what these Austrian cans look like. Yes, indeed. So you've done mics, you've done headphones. I guess oh, there's more. There's more. Yeah, Trust the, the, me. The, there's many an audio gear to I might discuss. Do,
1: we might do a special episode where I just slice all the stuff together and just say, "Here, just listen to that episode. That's mm-hmm. it. A bonus episode with just audio stuff. There you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. So sort of the wire cutter'd be the Kaiser cutter guy. The Kaiser to, you know, cutter. That's me. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, we forgot so, to tell him where. So oh, pop where? Oh yes, yes. There'll be links on on our on our show page. A little some weather links, some audio links. I think everyone has seen Barbie by now, but we'll, we'll find a few other links to throw on there from the things that we we rambled on. And definitely the the Red Cross emergency app for those who who are just looking for something in general. Maybe maybe to help uh, warn them about what's coming their way. Indeed, and we should thank our. Listeners, yes, thank you, listeners. We hope you are staying cool this summer. If you happen to be in the hot part of the world this time of year, if you are in the other hemisphere, we hope the winter is not too bad. But uh, yeah, we will be back. What do you think? Couple of weeks, uh, couple of weeks with, with with more chat. Yeah, we've been pretty regular lately. We're getting back into to the to the groove of the thing, and yeah. summer is also good to dry run and get get back to, to doing stuff before the new fall season hits. Speaking of the fall season, are you watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds? Nope. I'm gonna
1: binge it probably over the next weekend or two. It's my favorite Trek show right now.
0: Yeah, and they're really doing so much good throwback stuff to the original series and maybe fixing a few continuity things and, and I gotta say, of of all of the the recent treks, I think this one is my favorite too for for a number of reasons, one of them being nostalgia for the first one, but the cast uh, is great I mean the, yeah the, the, the cast is, is great, and just seeing the the same. Reported that the cast had in the original series, but the special effects are so much better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the full uh, the full deal here. Yes. So ex- exactly. a little of that, and Good Omens 2 just dropped yes uh, on Amazon. So I'm looking forward to that. The demon and the angel are back. Uh, we, we've got some good TV to watch until we run out because the writers and the actors are still on strike.
1: That's why I got to pace myself. Got to pace. Yeah, myself.
0: pace yourself. Get some more manga going. You know, because yes, it, it could be a while too. Because I don't think the the actors are, are willing to settle on this because they've seen the big streaming profits and they shouldn't yeah actors and writers we're with you yes indeed All right, folks alright so until next time when we're back with more everyone stay safe stay cool stay happy and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks I'm J.D. Beersdorfer and I'm Pedro
1: Rafael Rosado
0: adios